0: race community in which he lived after the Civil War. Tom Knight's own erasure of Rachel from the narrative of his father's life enabled him to replace painful memories of miscegenation with a glorified interpretation of his father's Civil War behavior. Thanks to Tom Knight and James Street, Newt reemerged as a folk hero, but the notion that Confederate deserters might be heroes disturbed many Mississippians. By the 1940s, many decades of lost cause education had created far more reverence for the Confederacy than existed in the 1860s. Members of the Knight family whose ancestors fought for the Confederacy seemed particularly galled by Newt's renewed fame, especially when Tap Roots was released in 1948 as a movie starring Van Heflin and Susan Hayward. It was in the midst of Newt Knight's renewed popularity that his great-grandson Davis was indicted, then convicted, for the crime of miscegenation. According to Time magazine, a relative irked by an old family feud had dug up Davis Knight's genealogy. On November 14, 1949, however, the Mississippi Supreme Court reversed the lower court's decision, ruling that it had failed to prove beyond all reasonable doubt that the defendant has one-eighth or more Negro blood. In effect, the high court proclaimed that Davis Knight was legally white, although Davis Knight's legal ordeal was over the local debate over the purity of the Knight family's blood raged on. In 1951, two years after the state Supreme Court's decision at a critical juncture in U.S. race relations, Newt Knight's grandniece, Ethel Knight, published The Echo of the Black Horn, a damning biography of Newt Knight. and an obvious reference to James Street, Ethel announced her intention to counter fiction writers with itching palm, which has too often been greased dedicated to the memory of the noble Confederates who lived and died for Jones County. The book was a thinly disguised effort to discredit the anti-Confederate uprising, to rid the white branches of the Knight family of the taint of miscegenation. It is widely read by Mississippians even today. An avid segregationist, who insisted that the South was in the midst of a holy war, Ethel linked Newt Knight's heightened popularity to national assaults on class distinction and racial segregation blaming both on society's communistic elements. She even claimed that Newt had forced his children to commit miscegenation. Davis Knight might appear to be white, yet she knew that African blood flowed through his veins. To a white supremacist such as Ethel, his marriage to a white woman injected African blood, like the insidious virus of communism, into the white race. In her view, miscegenation was as un-American as opposition to the Confederacy. Davis Knight was guilty of miscegenation, and Newt was guilty of both. Davis Knight's trial enabled Ethel to trump Tom Knight's version of his father's life by reshaping the public's understanding of the free state of Jones. Both authors wrote within the white supremacist frameworks, but with a very important difference. Tom presented his father as a hero of plain white folk, whereas Ethel attacked him as a traitor and misguided hero of disloyal slaves like the strumpet Rachel. On one hand, Ethel's efforts to exploit the scandal of miscegenation breathed life into the long-buried story of Rachel, who had been all but erased by numerous tales of the legendary Free State of Jones. Ethel not only restored Rachel's historical role, but she also unveiled a powerful, larger-than-life woman who had endured slavery, sexual exploitation, the Civil War, Reconstruction, and Mississippi's mountain campaign for white supremacy and racial segregation. Most strikingly, Rachel seemed to have had as much impact on the world around her as it had on her. On the other hand, Ethel Knight buried the class and cultural origins of Jones County's internal civil war beneath a barrage of titillating, racist tales of interracial sex, violence, and debauchery. She presented Duke Knight as a bloodthirsty killer who manipulated nearly 100 men and a few good women in dishonoring their community and nation. Missing were the stories of yeoman families like the Collinses, who opposed secession from the beginning, who only reluctantly enlisted in the Confederate army, and who deserted the army rather than fight a rich man's war and a poor man's fight. Except for a brief acknowledgement of the unionism of the outspoken Collins family, Ethel granted deserters little agency or political consciousness. According to her, they merely obeyed Newt Knight in every respect and carried out his instructions to a letter, fearing death at his hands if he were displeased. To separate fact from fiction in regard to the legend of the Free State of Jones is no easy task.